This is Health Yeah, your weekly update on what's going on in the health, wellness, and medical world with Monica Robbins. Summer is right around the corner. Picnics and beach vacations, hours in the garden, and sun. After months of winter, glorious, glorious sun. But with all good things, there is a price. And for more than 100,000 people in this country this year, that price will be a diagnosis of skin cancer. May is Skin Cancer Awareness Month. And today we're unpacking everything you need to know about sun damage and skin cancer. From what sunscreens are best, to how much SPF is really enough, the signs and symptoms you may have a problem, and the different treatments available. Our expert answers all your questions on what you need to know to enjoy the summer sun safely. And welcome to Prescription for Life. I'm Monica Robbins. It is a staggering statistic. Two people die every single hour of melanoma in this country. And it's not always a cancer that just appears overnight. It's a stealthy stowaway that grows over years and years of sun exposure. It's also not the only skin cancer you need to worry about. We'll get to the others in just a bit but it is the skin cancer that is most deadly. In a moment, we'll talk to our expert about prevention, and it's not just about limiting your sun exposure. Did you know you can get burned on a cloudy overcast day? And did you know that taking certain everyday medications like ibuprofen and birth control can make you more susceptible to a sunburn? And did you know that yes, while fair-skinned people are most at risk, you can get skin cancer even if you're a person of color. All that in a moment, but first, one woman's harrowing story on her battle with skin cancer from our station in Dallas, Texas. When you talk to people, do you show this to them? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> My kids are so embarrassed all the time. Julie Frampton <laughs> jokes that this is a shark bite, but it's a wound from a war she's still fighting. So every 90 days, it's like throwing a grenade out there and you don't know if it's gonna land or not. Julie has had 24 cancerous spots removed from her skin. Two of those were melanoma, the most aggressive form of skin cancer. The first diagnosis came at age 34. And, and actually, I have to thank my daughter for that. Her daughter found the mole that caused this scar. Since then, Julie has seen a board-certified dermatologist yeah. every 90 days, and she looks over every inch of her body every month. And melanoma reappeared at age 36 in a place that gets no sun exposure. I did my monthly exam, and I found a spot on my lady bits her genitals. It, it was jet black. It was tiny. It looked like the tip of a pen had you put it on a piece of paper. And I was very fortunate that I caught it. She's now a warrior warning people about the dangers of sun exposure and teaching anyone who will listen what to look for. A for asymmetrical, B for border, C for color, D for diameter. So if it's bigger than the size of a pencil eraser, you need to get that checked. And E for evolution, whether or not it's changing. Is it getting bigger? Is it getting smaller? Julie is a survivor because of early detection, but melanoma usually comes back. I feel like I was given a second chance at life and I need to do something with that. So Julie doesn't take a day for granted. In Ovilla, I'm Teresa Woodard. To answer all your questions on skin cancer, I called in the experts from Cleveland Clinic. Take a look. 
We are joined now by Dr. Melissa Pilliong, a dermatologist with Cleveland Clinic, and we're talking about skin cancer. Finally, the sun is coming out. But when we talk about skin cancer, I think there's a lot of misconceptions. What do you hear is the biggest one? Yeah, so I think the biggest misperception is that only happens to older people. You know, people think that that's an old, something that happens to their grandparents, but we are seeing increasing skin cancers of all types in people of younger ages, especially people who spend a lot of time in the sun or like to use tanning beds. Yeah, the tanning bed thing, why, why do people still use those? I thought that was pretty much a clear correlation. Yeah, you know, there's a really strong correlation that any time in a tanning bed increases your risk of skin cancer, especially the most deadly form of skin cancer, melanoma. But I think people, especially young people, feel like they look better when they're tanned. They have some idea that it feels better to be tan and that drives them to the, to the tanning bed. So let's talk about the different types of skin cancers because there are many and and, and I think that's another issue. People think, well, I can just get that removed and it's not a big deal. Walk me through what, what are they and what do we really need to remember? Yeah, so there are three main types of skin cancers. The most common is something called basal cell. The second most common is called squamous cell carcinoma. And both of these come from the keratinocytes in your skin. That's what makes up the most of our skin are these keratinocytes. They happen in people who have uh, blue eyes and green eyes and blonde hair and red hair and, and are prone to burning. And they can happen more if you're immunosuppressed. Then there's melanoma type skin cancer. That's the one that we think about as coming in moles, the, the brown spots. Though That's a more serious kind of skin cancer. Basal cells and squamous cells, if caught early, can simply, simply be excised. But melanoma, has to be caught very early and treated aggressively. Can basal cell and squamous cell actually turn into melanoma? No, so melanoma comes from the melanocytes. That's what makes the pigment in our skin. And the basal cell and squamous cells come from other, the keratinocytes, a different type of cell. But having one, having basal cells and squamous cells means that you're at higher risk to have melanoma and vice versa. It just reflects the amount of sun damage your skin has had. So we keep hearing sun damage and I, I was reading some statistics that if you've had five sunburns in your life, your chances of getting melanoma are doubled. Is yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a, the sunburns are really dangerous. Chronic long-term sun exposure also like daily, everyday tan is bad, but sunburns are especially bad. Is it a specific type of sunburn? Like the, do I have to be blistered? Or what about when I just turn pink? I have blonde hair and blue eyes, so. I always turn pink. Yes, many people never tan, they just turn pink, people who have very light eyes and light hair. Um, but it is any kind of sunburn, but more severe sunburn, not the kind that you're pink today and tan tomorrow, the kind where you're uh, more painful and, and that it hangs around for a few days. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize we're not talking about sunburns that you get when you're older, right? It's cumulative, right? Yeah. Yeah, most of our sun damage actually happens when we're kids and teens. And when we're young and out running around and not really thinking about, about sunburns. And that sunburn, that damage to the DNA in your skin cells that ultimately leads to, can to cancer happens when you're quite young. So what about uh, as you age, we all, you know, a lot of people have moles, some have freckles. What should we be looking for? Yeah, so when we think about, um, about skin cancer in general, 
like basal cells and squamous cells also, I like to tell people to look at pimples that don't heal. So you think it's a pimple, but it's still there in six weeks. That's something to be worried about. Anything that bleeds easily, like you're just washing your face and it bleeds, or you roll over in the night and it bleeds on your pillow, that's a sign to be worried. If we're thinking about melanoma type skin cancer, we like to talk about the ABCDs. A means asymmetry, that's one side doesn't look like the other side. B is for border, and so border irregularity or a scalloped border or divots out of the border. So both of those mean moles that aren't nice circles. They're imperfect. And uh, C is for color, so variations in color. So dark black, blue, white, red, tan, brown, moles that have multiple colors in it are, is something to be worried about. And D is diameter for size. And it's if the size is greater than six millimeters or the size of a pencil eraser. And the last piece is if it is E, and that means if it's changing, if it's evolving or changing, that's also something to be worried about. When a lot of times though, you're not gonna necessarily see things on the back or where the sun doesn't shine. Can yeah. melanoma actually appear anywhere or where is the most common places yeah. that it does? So melanoma can occur in places where the sun doesn't shine, uh, but the most common places are in, in where you're getting sun. So upper back for women, backs of legs are a common place, arms, face, scalp, especially scalp in people who have thinning hair. So what about this basal and squamous, is that typically happening on, on your face? So head and neck is the most common place for basal cells and squamous cell carcinomas, but they also can happen anywhere on the body. Okay, we all know we hear use sunscreen, use sunscreen, use sunscreen. Are all sunscreens basically made the same? So when you're looking for a sunscreen, there's three things you wanna look for to make sure that you're getting a good one. One is that it has at least an SPF of 30 that means it'll block 97% of the sun's rays. You want one that says broad spectrum. That means it blocks both UVA and UVB rays. And you want one that says water resistant or waterproof. That means it's stickier and stays on your skin better if you're out sweating or swimming or, or getting wet. Beyond that, it's whatever sunscreen you will actually put on your skin. So if it's thick and heavy and sticky and you can't stand to touch it, you're probably not gonna use it. And I've had friends who buy very expensive sunscreen and then they try not to use it because it's so expensive or they use just little bits. You have to actually be able to put it on your skin in a good thick layer for it to work. So buy what you will use. So we're talking about you wanna slather it yeah. on. And so that, that would mean like maybe the sprays are better. Yeah. I personally like the sprays uh, and I think they're really great for kids because you can take them outside. I always have my kids do it outside. You can do it, they can do it themselves with your supervision, tell them to hold their breath. I don't do, don't spray the face. You can use like a waxy stick or something on the face instead. But I think the sprays are great. What about the zincs? You know, we're seeing those come back, especially for people with sensitive skin. Yeah. What should they be doing? Yeah, so there's two types of, of sunscreen products. One is a chemical that acts like a sponge and kind of absorbs the ultraviolet light. The other is the physical, and that acts like a mirror and reflects the sun's rays from the skin. So the, those physical blockers are the zinc oxide and titanium dioxide. That's what we think about, you know, in the 70s when the lifeguards would have the white nose. They've been formulated better now, so they go on in a thinner layer and they don't have that white pasty look to them. But those are especially good for people who have sensitive skin, the physical blockers with zinc oxide or titanium dioxide. 
seeing a lot of sunscreens now. I know I was down in the Virgin Islands and you cannot use sunscreens that are not environmentally friendly, which pretty much is everything you can buy. And, and the sunscreens are very expensive down there. Are those just as good or is, is you know, what should we keep in mind when we have to use sunscreen? Yeah, those sunscreens are just as good. If they have the things I said, SPF of 30, broad spectrum, waterproof, water resistant, they're just as good. The other thing that I really like are the ultraviolet protective clothing or clothing that says UPF on them. You can buy them all over and that lets you cover your skin with cloth and then you don't have to use as much sunscreen. So you don't have to have as much chemical, you don't have as much exposed skin. Maybe you only have to do the backs of your hands and your face and your neck instead of putting it everywhere. So my favorite are the powders. Mm. that you can use, um, you know, because I got a powder down anyway. So right. are those are those really effective? Yes, they are. So they often have the titanium dioxide in them as their, as their protection. So yes, they are very good. Can sunscreen expire? Yes. So sunscreen it has an expiration date three years after manufacture. So it, it should last you plenty, of, give you plenty of time to use it. And you know, some bottle of sunscreen, if you're using it properly, should not last very long. It takes an ounce of sunscreen to cover your whole body at the beach. So if you're reapplying every few hours with your family of four, you should go through an eight ounce bottle of sunscreen in one day. So if you have sunscreen that you've been using for three years to the point that it expires, that's a sign that you're not putting enough on your body. So one of the things I think a lot of people real, you know, they believe is that if I'm, I'm darker complected, mm. I don't have to worry about sunburn. I don't have to worry about skin cancer. Is that true? So people who have more melanin in their skin do have some baseline protection from the sun, but it's not enough, especially for a day at the beach. And even people who have very dark skin can still get a sunburn at the beach. So sunscreen is still helpful. Um, and people who have uh, more darker skin are at higher risk of getting melanoma in places where the sun doesn't shine, a more genetically driven um, skin melanoma type skin cancer, often on the bottoms of the feet or on the palms of the hands. So other places to, ch to look when you're doing your skin check. And speaking of hands, what about the UV lights I stick my hands in when I get my nails done? Yeah, so that's the same ultraviolet light that we're talking about that comes from the sun or comes from the tanning bed. So you are getting ultraviolet light exposure that can damage your DNA and ultimately lead to skin cancers. So I, I think it's important to either wear the gloves, they make gloves to wear, or put on sunscreen before you get your, before you put your hands under that light. If there's any single piece of advice you want people to take away, what would it be? respect the sun. So, so you may think it's a cloudy day and you can still get a sunburn through a cloudy day. You know, wear your protection, get in the shade, do, you know, avoid the outdoors between 10 and two if you can. Just, just really be smart and be prepared. And talk to your hairdresser about looking at the back of your head too. Absolutely, so your hairdresser should look at your scalp, your dentist should look in your mouth. Your, if you're a woman, your gynecologist should look inside as well, just because melanoma can happen in those places. Wow, Dr. Pelliang, thank you so much and thanks for the advice. Thank you so much. A lot of good information there and something else you should know, the medicine in your bathroom right now could be making you more susceptible to a sunburn. Take a look. You know that medication insert that comes with your prescription that you usually throw away? Might want to pause and read it, especially if you plan to get some sun this summer. There are dozens of drugs that can cause you to get serious sunburn. The medications that have this possibility are used to treat fairly common 
things. It's not like some really rare cancer drug or something like that. For example, some medications for diabetes, high blood pressure, cholesterol, heart conditions, contraception, diuretics, sulfa medications, antibiotics, and even the ibuprofen or naproxen that you take to reduce inflammation can cause a sunburn if you head into the sun after you take it. And not just a minor sunburn. This is beyond that and, and the type of burn that you could potentially potentially get is more severe than just a little bit pink. It's as, as significant as sometimes blistering. So read that insert. Look for words such as may cause photosensitivity, phototoxicity, photoallergy, or sun sensitivity. If you're still not sure, talk to your health care provider or pharmacist. Not every drug causes this and not every person will have a reaction. But don't take chances. Limit sun exposure during peak times and always wear sunscreen. Now, phototoxic or photosensitive reactions are much more common. This causes sun damage and appears within minutes to hours after sun exposure. This is the severe sunburn I was talking about. Photoallergic reactions are immunological, meaning the UV radiation triggers an allergic reaction. That could develop as much as three days after sun exposure, and that usually results in a rash all over the body. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Prescription for Life. We hope you learned a little something about sun damage and skin cancer, and we certainly hope to see you right back here next week. Until then, wishing you great health. I'm Monica Robbins. Thank you so much for tuning into Health Yeah. Please find me on Twitter and Instagram at Monica Robbins. Like and follow my Facebook page, Monica Robbins WKYC. Find video podcasts at Monica Robbins channel on YouTube, and please subscribe. Wishing you great health and hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Health Yeah! with Monica Robbins from WKYC Studios. Subscribe now so you never miss an update. And find more on everything you heard here on WKYC.com and on the WKYC app.